look at the word vulnerable, I mean, it, it conveys weakness, right? But, but you're talking about it in, in, in terms of strength. I love the word that I learned through this group, Camp Grounded, where they, they have this concept of being vulnerageous. It's the combination of being vulnerable and courageous, because I think it takes courage to be vulnerable. Welcome to the Best Self-Management Podcast. I'm David Hassel. And I'm Shane Metcalf. Me and David have been working together along with our co-founder Nazar and all the amazing other people that are a part of 15.5 for the last seven years. And we are not the same people that we were seven years ago. One of the things we're a big stand for is like, how do we actually embrace the whole person and understand that can we support someone in thriving in their whole life? And if we do, then they're probably going to contribute more at work. Your mission is to attract the best talent, retain your high performers, and maximize everyone's potential. It's just Shane and I today. We're going to be discussing uh, the importance of retreats on various levels inside the company and some more practical things on how we do retreats and why we do them. This is something that is a deeply personal and passionate topic of both of us and something I think we've done extremely well throughout our history as a company. You know, I think we really both credit the retreats that we've created for both uh, company-wide, the leadership team and departments as one of the key drivers to building an extraordinary culture. Yeah, it's something we've done really from the start. I think it really started when you rented the, you know, it was four of us in the company and David uh, rented a cabin up in Tahoe. Right. Like, I'm going to you know, I'm going to fulfill this dream I've had of I'm going to rent a cabin up in Tahoe for a month and work remotely and ski every day and work as uh, we're launching this company. That's right. You know, I think it was um, January of 2013. Yeah, we did that. And I invited you and Christian and Nazar up. There were four of us at the time. Uh, we just got back from our latest retreat where there were about 70 of us. So we've grown quite a bit since then. And we were also, I think, also announcing a, one, a funding round at that time while we were all together. And so there's this dynamic where, you know, looking back at the last seven years, six years of retreats that we've held, there's there's so much that happens when you get together in person. And now we're coming at this from the frame of being a distributed team. So we don't actually see each other in person every day. And so I think that the dynamic does shift a little bit if you're all working together in the office. But I think there's still a huge opportunity to get everybody out of the office and into an atypical situation where there can be a, a much greater level of bonding and connecting as a human team. Yeah, and I think it's, it's worth noting that we are distributed, but we're kind of a hybrid distributed. We have uh, fairly large offices in both San Francisco and Raleigh, North Carolina, a smaller office in New York City. We have an emerging office in Utrecht uh, outside of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And then there's quite a few people, 20 or, 30, you know, 20 or 25 people who are working from home from all over the world. One of the things that we talk about in best self-management, uh, you know, we're borrowing a lot from Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the process of a human being realizing their full potential. And, you know, I think that it's worth saying that it, realizing our potential, actually becoming a fully developed human being is not an easy task. And it doesn't just happen by default. And so the way that we think about these retreats is that it's an opportunity to create emotional renewal for everybody that's in the company and peak experiences. And the, you know, Maslow talked a lot about the necessity of peak experiences to achieve a level of self-actualization, self-realization. And so that's really how we think about these retreats is this, uh, it's almost a uh, happy excuse to create peak experiences for people in the company that reconnect us to 
our deeper passion. We experience growth, uh, high levels of vulnerability and connection with each other. And it's pretty magical what happens. And, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of the, how we think about the ROI because they're not cheap. It's definitely a budget item that, you know, when we're looking at the budget, it's, it'd be like, oh, wow, we could save a lot of money if we just stopped doing these retreats. And yet the return is so vast on them. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, there are business-focused outcomes that we do at these retreats, whether it's a company-wide retreat or a leadership retreat. We are setting goals. We are talking strategy. We are doing those business-oriented things that you would typically do and typically do to, you know, whether you take a day with your leadership team once a quarter or you get out of the office and do something. But we're taking it also to the next level. There, There are other elements that we do as well as that. And part of it is, you know, my belief is that you know, when we get out of the rhythm of our day-to-day experience, the, you know, what we're, what we're used to, it, it kind of snaps you into a more heightened state of awareness where I think more strategic and innovative and future-oriented thinking is more possible. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there's, there's the term uh, corporate offsite. And uh, that term just kind of makes me cringe. And, you know, it sounds so dry, it sounds forced, and, uh, you know, not really authentic. And we like to think of our retreats as transformational business retreats, where we leave the end of the three, four days together different people than we started. We come out of it with uh, new mindsets, with more supportive belief systems around what we're doing as a company and our own capacity as individuals to help achieve that. Right. And so it really is, there's this fine balance between making sure that people understand we're doing this because we have business objectives to achieve and this is going to help us achieve that. This isn't just a party. This isn't just a festival we're creating to have a good time. It's really about the purpose of this retreat is to accelerate our growth and development so that we can be more unified as a team and achieve our common objectives. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it'd be helpful to paint a picture a little bit of what does a typical retreat look like and some of the structure that, you know, the frequency, how often we do these things. It might be good to talk both about the leadership, how we do that as a leadership team and then company-wide, and then we can talk about some of the other uh, tertiary ones. Yeah, so, you know, really we're thinking about this in terms of company-wide retreats that we do once a year, and we typically do those in January, but Finding warm weather locations in the uh, United States is getting more and more challenging. David, uh, you keep pushing me. You love the January retreats. I do. As the person responsible for pulling the company-wide retreat together, I'm uh, you know, a little <laughs> annoyed at you, uh, but it's also, I get it, and uh, you know, I think we can get one more year or two out of yeah. January. I personally love January because we get an opportunity to come together as the entire company. And one of the, one of the cool things we've done the last few years is we've gotten everybody in a room or, um, or outside in this last case. And we get to go through all of the incredible accomplishments that have happened in the past year. So we've, uh, Holly, Holly, who's our uh, head of product or VP product, um, also has this gift for creating these incredible decks. It's really not in her job description, but she gets a lot of joy out of it and she puts probably eight hours into it. Thank you, Holly. We love you. <laughs> yes. And she creates this extraordinary deck of, you know, all of the milestones that we've hit as an organization, uh, which I kick off and share. And then we have every, every person who leads a department share their highlights and, and uh, it's just pure celebration. We're not thinking about 
you know, what's next? We're just spending an evening where we get together and really celebrate. And it's just hooting and hollering and, and, and a lot of fun. And so I love the January timeframe, despite the logistical challenges and, you know, potential weather delays, which we haven't had too many of, but, but it is a risk because we get to have that celebration and we get to kick off the year really powerfully. The January is a powerful demarcation point of really saying, okay, this is what we accomplished in the last year. And take a moment to smell the roses, you know, celebrate. Like, you know, in the startup game, in business, it's so easy to constantly be focusing on the next mountain to climb and never actually sit down, have a cup of tea, look back over everything you've already done. And I think it's actually a really important part of having the kind of self-esteem to remember, oh yeah, we've accomplished a lot because in, in many ways the stakes just get higher and higher the bigger you grow and the more pressure you feel as you bring on more investment or more competition is entering your field. And so it's, it's so critical to create this moment of pause and just pure appreciation for what has been accomplished. Yeah, because I think otherwise you end up you can fall victim to always being like living in this gap of dissatisfaction between where things are and where you ideally want them to be. And I am continually surprised at just how much we accomplish each year when, when we actually go through that deck. Um, you know, unless you're actually taking stock and reviewing it, you don't realize like what everybody has done. And, and I think this year it took us over two hours to get through it. Uh, yeah, and I think is, this kind of is speaking more to a human condition of, of chronic dissatisfaction. And you know, I think that this is a bit of an antidote to that, yeah. uh, of actually cataloging everything that went well. Yeah, and bringing in celebration and gratitude. And that's something that we try to, you know... Uh, yeah, we, try, sure we try we, to, we, you know, we think of it as what we do not want is we do not want to create a culture of entitlement. And our best idea of how to counteract that is to create a culture of gratitude. And so that's a whole other conversation, maybe we'll do a podcast on how do you create a culture of gratitude in your company, um, but we won't go into that too much right now. Yeah. Um, more on the structure of the of the, the annual retreat, and we'll tell you you know how we've done it in this, this past situation. The first few years, we were growing relatively slowly. It was, you know, basically we'd, we'd rent a one house, a large house. Uh, eventually we needed a couple of houses. Last year, I think was our last opportunity to be all under the same roof, and I ended up renting a 14-bedroom mega mansion in, in Lake Tahoe that slept all, all 30 of us, uh, but we've grown out of that now. And what's interesting about this is that you know we had 70 people at this last retreat. There's about uh, we're 80 people in the company or something, so not everybody was able to make it, but the vast majority of employees were able to come. And this year, we, uh, you know, it was kind of like I was like, okay, I'm going to take a creative risk here and bring everybody to Florida, which is about as warm as you can get in the U.S. in January, and we're going to. We're going to put everybody in glamping tents. And I would fluctuate from, this is an amazing idea, it's going to be incredible, people are going to love it, to what am I thinking? Why didn't I just take an easier path and rent a hotel? And uh, Because you know, a lot of people, uh, certainly in the professional world, uh, camping in tents is not something that they will ever expect to do with their company. Right. Let alone in their own personal lives. And so you know, I, I got pretty neurotic, uh, fluctuating between inspired by my creative vision and, oh God, everybody's going to hate me and it's all going to fall apart. I particularly loved how you said, you know, I'm really afraid people are going to be cold and the Wi-Fi is not going to work. Yeah, those are my two fears leading up to it and uh, all my greatest fears came true. <laughs> Just on night one. We were there yeah. for four nights. 
And uh, thankfully, the team was incredible and responded, and we got electric blankets and things. We did have heaters, but there were some power issues. And yeah, but, and it's also you talking to a, a friend that produces a lot of music festivals. He was saying, oh, yeah, well, you don't really know somebody's character until things break down. Like that's really when you get to see how do we operate as a team is when things don't go according to plan. That's where the growth happens is when you actually encounter challenge and struggle. Right. And so, you know, it's, it certainly was stressful that first night, but I was so proud of how everybody did respond and people didn't devolve into victimized whining and how dare you uh, lead me into this experience, but we all worked together came up with creative solutions. And actually, you know, it's in a weird way, it, it is kind of a highlight of the retreat. Right. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think everyone walked away just really almost stunned in awe of what, you know, what we experienced and what we created. And to go more into that, you know, just structurally, from a content perspective, like I said, we started out with a night of celebration, just pure celebration, pure looking back, you know, just a moment in time, just to pause and take stock and be with one another. The next day, what we always do uh, is kick off with a, an hour and a half session around our culture and values. We really have a, a and our purpose as well, the why of 15.5. We have a deep discussion about that. We get everyone rooted into what is the reason we're all here together? What are we trying to impact in the world? What's the, what's, what's the outcome here beyond you know, building a successful company and making money? You know, we really want to change people's lives through technology and create better workplaces. And so getting everybody oriented in that Going back to, you know, tap it to, to Simon Sinek, start with why. I think it's important to always reground in that. We do that at every leadership retreat as well. We spend a, a session on that. Yeah, and, and so it's, it's, it's this opportunity because I think one of the fears that certainly me and David have as founders and other people have as they're joining this company that's growing rapidly is that as you scale, you lose the magic of the early culture. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't have to happen. And there are lots of great examples of companies that have scaled and not only maintained culture, but actually strengthened and improved culture. And so that's, and, and that doesn't happen by accident. You need to be deliberate that you are going to focus on and continue to prioritize culture as a strategic advantage to continue growth and acceleration of your revenue. And so that's that's where the first session always comes in of how do we deepen the roots of the culture so that as the tree grows, you have greater stability, you have more reach that's really grounded in the values and the heart and soul yeah. of the company. Especially when you're growing exponentially like we are now. You know, think about we had more people at this retreat who had never been to a 15-5 retreat than that had. And the center of gravity of the culture is, has to be extraordinarily strong such that when new people come in, they get adopted into that, into that mindset. And when you have so many new people coming in, you know, the thing that I often tell folks is you have to be really careful that it doesn't get watered down that you really have these stories that are told, these things that people come back to, the, the feeling sense of the organization, the, the why, the values, that people are really connected to those things. And so you know, have to take a high degree of care in engineering opportunities to, yeah, to in reinforce the retreat, that. You know, the way we think about the retreats is that it's, a, it's the opportunity to create a cohesive new center of gravity at a new watermark that then is the center of gravity for everybody that joins the company over the next year. Yeah, and so that you are not uh, letting the the new people join 
and you know kind of gravitate to wherever they are but you create unity amongst the entire team which is the solid foundation so that you can double and that people become so in love with the culture and what is happening they become protectors of the culture right you know every single person at the retreat this year is now going to be so hyper attuned to whether the person they hire this year is going to fit in with this culture. Absolutely. And not just fit in, but contribute to the culture. Can you share, you know, Shane by and large designed this past company-wide retreat and it was absolutely extraordinary. Um, you can just share some of the reflections we've gotten since from people who are both, you know, new people who had never been to a retreat, other people who had, you know, some of the things we've heard from our employees. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one, one person said that this retreat was, and this is somebody that's definitely been around the block, lived in many countries, and is a you know an experienced human being. He said this was one of the top five experiences of his lifetime, and you know that's just kind of an amazing experience. Wow, that's incredible! Right, He's one of the people on our team, actually the producer of our, of this podcast, David Misney. Hey, David, uh, he's a longtime Burning Man attendee, and uh, as are David and I. And you know we actually draw a lot of our inspiration for the retreats through experiences like Burning Man. Somewhat controversial, but we can go into that at another point. Right, and. He said that, you know, he goes to Burning Man because he has an experience of his heart opening and feeling this level of contribution to the people around him and guided by this uh, set principle of values. And he said that this retreat was the only other time he's experienced that outside of Burning Man. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, this is a good one. Okay, so some of the reflections that we've been getting for after the retreat from our employees, and this is a really good one, and... and uh, they say, I'm nearly brought to tears reflecting on the retreat. After all the workshops and peak experiences, my trust in us unlocking the potential of every member of the global workforce, which is part of 15.5's vision and something we talk a lot about, has been amplified. It feels so fulfilling to be a part of this movement to up-level humanity with all of you. I'm overflowing with joy to have stumbled upon this company in this lifetime. I finally have an embodied understanding of what it feels like to have a work tribe and family. We deeply care about each other's well-being and about our performance. We make agreements and hold each other accountable. We support each other throughout our lows, and we celebrate our wins. We encourage each other to embrace our growth edges in service of our individual and collective growth. Wow, this feels like home. It's an honor to be a part of this journey with you. Cheers to our best selves, our customers' best selves, and every member of the global workforce's best selves. It's amazing. And so again, it's, it's thinking about the ROI of something like this. Because, you know, it's, uh, again, it's not cheap. We definitely are putting some substantial financial resources behind this. But to give you an idea of some, you know, one obvious benefit that this, these retreats have had for us are uh, one of our senior members of the leadership team who's distributed and so has been working remotely, I think it was last year, no, it was two years ago. They were working remotely, and this is an extremely valuable member of our team, somebody that would be really hard to replace would cost us probably hundreds of thousands to replace and get up to speed. And they came to a retreat, and afterward they shared with us they had actually been planning to leave 15.5 because they were feeling just a little bit, they, they were kind of wanting a little more connection and working in an office with people instead of being distributed. They came to the retreat, and they said that the experience was so powerful, and they got so connected to the vision and the potential of the company and to having emotional bonds with the other people, they said, oh, okay, I'm in for another five years. 
And so I really think that the retreats are a huge part of why we have a dramatically low turnover. You know, we've had two people in the last six, seven years mm-hmm. voluntarily leave. leave. Yeah. We lose extremely few people that we want to stay on the team. Yeah, And it, it, it is. I can see how this retreat, everybody's thinking, wow, I got to stick around for the next retreat. Right, exactly. And, and the energy, you know, what I experience is like when, when we come out of these retreats, that first few months, first half of the year, uh, frankly, it feels like it really propels the cohesiveness of the team, the momentum, the excitement, you know, because we are doing other things at that retreat besides just getting together, right? That we're, we're actually, you know, reviewing each of the department heads. We're, we have a lot more structure now are coming and presenting their visions for the year and their, their strategic orientation and OKRs and things like that. Uh, but we're also collectively looking at some of the hard things. We're saying, like, what are the what are the yeah, biggest that, that challenges? Was a great session. It was a great session. So um, we decided to brainstorm. You know, what are all the things that could kill us? What are all the things that could really derail this company? And trying to get get ahead proactively, you know, in terms of uh, what are the things that could go wrong in this next year to two. And then we we broke people into groups of about eight people and sent them off and and actually just you know let kind of the wisdom of the crowd decide what they should be brainstorming on and focusing on. And so we didn't give directions that, hey, you know, group A, you need to work on this problem, and group B, this problem. We said each group decide which which of the things we brainstorm. There must have been a list of about 20, 20 things up on the board. Uh, and, you know, it's a kind of a heavy session because it's, you know, when you're looking at all the things that are going well, it feels really good. Right. And then you, you open up the can of worms of, okay, what could kill us as a company? What could go wrong in the next year? What are the weak spots that we have as a group? Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh. Yeah, right. Oh, ooh, oh, yeah, that's a, oh, shit, yeah. And part of the intention of that session was how do we create a sense of ownership so that people understand that, look, the, there are very real challenges, but together, if we work together and we aren't stingy with, you know, as a leadership team, you know, we want to be sharing what are the things that are keeping us up at night. Exactly. And bringing people in because I think that's when people feel respected that we're actually sharing this information with them. Yep. And then they can participate because if we don't let them participate, we're not going to actually tap into the intelligence of, of the people, the extraordinary people that work with us. Right. And I mean, these conversations were so, so rich. Uh, such great ideas came out of them. You know, we encourage people just to be not really debating the solutions, like, oh, this is good, this is bad, but just coming up with different ideas and things that we could do proactively to to address these, either if they happened or to make sure that they didn't happen. And uh, we got such great feedback from that. And I think people left with a sense of, you know, of gravity and ownership and, you know, resting in, wow, we just had an incredible year, the future looks bright, and we need to be on point right? There are challenges and we're all in it together. And we're talking, we're not even there for 24 hours yet. By midday of the first, you know, real morning, we did the kickoff the night before and then midday on that first day. And and it is humming. Like people are bought in of saying, whoa, this is, this is cool. Yep. And that that trifecta of, you know, the celebration of last year, rooting in on the culture, the values, the purpose, and then, you know, collaborating on our biggest challenges. I want to make a, also a note here that nature is one of the consistent themes through all of our retreats and is one of kind of the guiding uh, foundational uh, ideas of how to do retreats is don't do it in some boring conference room. Like, please don't, for the love of God, <laughs> don't just have your company retreats and offsites in a, in a hotel conference room. Nothing is worse. 
I mean, I've walked in on, on those of like coming in and leading sessions and it's so sad because mm-hmm. because we know what's possible, right? You know, and this is, so we were we were glamping in this incredible eco retreat center in Florida, just majestic beauty everywhere. Yeah, adjacent to this river that has, I think it's one of the most biodiverse rivers in North America, a nature preserve. Yeah, we got some really cool drone footage of our team kayaking and canoeing down it, and it's like, all right, all right, is this the Amazon? And there's manatees in the river, and dolphins swim up four miles upstream from the ocean, and there's fish jumping out of the water, and all different, you know, I don't know how many species of birds, but everything, you know, just surrounded by this incredible nature. And so we always have, we always emphasize, look, for doing your department retreats or for our leadership retreats, pick inspiring locations. You don't have to pick crazy expensive locations, but get some time outside be inspired by the natural world because that's going to, we now know that being immersed in nature changes our entire brain chemistry and uh, helps us to shift gears into a different way of being. I I really credit the environments we've chosen for doing most of the heavy work of creating a transformational business retreat. Amazing. Okay, so then we're present with the wins and the challenges of the company and then Tuesday night, we had this great party, and it was really fun. We had a couple of people on the team are actually aspiring DJs, and so they were like, hey, can we play some sets? And I was like, yes, perfect. And so we have dinner. Oh, and another, another cool little technology to use in any kind of these gatherings is we call them table questions. And we used to do it as a whole company, but now that we've grown, we can't do one, one table. And so it's really simple. You just come up with three questions that are going to have people share stories from their lives and you know you can connect it to the themes of the day as well and then everybody goes around and answers since we broke up into tables of 10 or 12 people and everybody was answering the same questions at every table this is a kind of a tool we've used at 155 our entire history of the company and we do it virtually every friday with the whole company and it's a, it's really powerful for creating moments of human connection yeah the opportunity to tell these stories of of how we are why we are the way we are and our hopes and fears and dreams and it just gets it gets super vulnerable and super beautiful which leads to you know uncommon levels of connection and trust in the workplace that you normally wouldn't experience and 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 you know Accolades similar to the one that you read off before. Can you share a couple of question examples? Yeah. So, so Tuesday we also did a, a strengths day. We, uh, you know, one of the the second workshops was this idea of a best self discovery process, and that's something that we're working on and building into the product of fifteen five. But it was really going through looking at a couple of different mirrors and reflections of who we are at our best. So we used the Gallup Strengths Finder assessment. So everybody did their Gallup strengths test and got their five, top five strengths. We also used the VIA strengths finder, and you got your top strengths from that system. And then you took both of those, then you went and you had conversations with people that you work closely with, and you asked them, how do you see me living these strengths? Who do you see me as when I'm showing up as my best self? And then you write down those stories. And it was so cool because it sparked so much incredible conversation between team members of saying, oh my God, that is, you know, David, you really are at your best when you're out fundraising or when you're, when you're connecting and leading us all in the vision of what's possible for this company. And so that's happening with every single person there. And so the table questions that we decided to connect them to that experience of really looking at 
which of my strengths do I want to develop more? And uh, what's a challenge in my life that I'm facing that I can use my strengths to overcome? And then everybody goes in and it's just really cool what happens at that. So we do table questions every night of the retreat and uh, it's such an easy way to create uh, deep connection and intimacy. Yeah, it's amazing. And then Tuesday night, we, uh, we finish dinner and everyone's super connected and we're having a great time. DJs are about to go on and then we bust out the costume tent. This was something the first time we've ever done this as well. And it was pretty funny. Uh, it was a total hit and we had all these animal onesies and hats and sparkly coats and, uh, you know, really fun stuff. And it was, it was funny because our chief revenue officer was telling me, you know, Shane, if you had told me that you needed X amount of dollars for a costume tent before this, I would have said, hell no. <laughs> it was like, I would have been a hard no. <laughs> and now, uh, yeah, what was it? Of like, okay, well, I guess that's just why we give Shane the budget and don't ask questions. Right, exactly. And, you know, I wasn't actually sure how this was going to go over because, you know, new and I always go through anxiety when I'm introducing, you know, kind of taking a creative risk. And it went better than I could have imagined. In line with that, I'd be curious because, um, you know, obviously you pulled off an extraordinary retreat. And the number of... We, we pulled off an extraordinary Okay, we pulled off an extraordinary retreat, but you were, the, you were kind of the creative visionary around this. You know, you and I had a certain vision for it, but you did a lot of the, the legwork and made, made a lot of these decisions. Uh, I'm curious if there are some principles or kind of frames of mind uh, in, inside of which you think about not just the content, I think, you know, in terms of delivering the content and the structure of the content and those things, I think, you know, we collaborate very well on that and have a good grasp of that. But I'm curious about the other side of it, about creating some of those peak experiences, things to do together, you know, space, having space, those types of things. How do you think about design to, you know, to create something that blends that business value and the human connection? Yeah, well, you want to create an arc of experience. You want to create these emotional highs followed by space for integration. So we had a, a really nice blend of business focus. We're here in service of the business goals, combined with personal development and personal revelation and difficult conversations, and then followed by lots of open integration space and doing activities, going kayaking, taking a, a tour of a meditation center that was next to the retreat center. You know, We brought in a, a, a sound bath, uh, experience so people can go and experience these things that you know you aren't encountering in your everyday to day life. All of it so that you have these opportunities for a peak experience followed by integration and time to digest the experience and uh, followed by going back up on the roller coaster and going kind of repeating that cycle. Amazing. Yeah, that's super helpful. A couple other things on retreats. Uh, you want to be thinking about how do we not make this just a boring offsite, but how can we weave in more opportunity to create emotional renewal and exposure to new ideas? Something that I really love is this idea that, that the fastest way to create human bonding is by introducing challenge and novelty. So think about how can you introduce your team to things that are slightly challenging. You know, we've done uh, you know, we've taken the whole team surfing on retreats before, uh, rope courses and rock climbing 
and you introduce them into this novel and challenging experience where mm-hmm. they need to collaborate and support each other. And that is one of the best ways to hot fuse a, a very committed, deep friendship and commitment of I've got your back and I trust you. Yeah. And then I think combined with the, uh, you know, just on the human connection side of it, that question technology gets people out of their normal surface level interactions, which, oh, hey, you know, and you, you know, the normal way we might generally converse with people to do a cut deeper. When you give people some guidance, you, I think you, A, you give people permission to go a little bit deeper than they would otherwise. And you also give them some guidance to maybe interact in a way they wouldn't naturally do. Uh, but the end result is they get the same result as if they were, say, a master question person or a you know communicator or had you know a deeper level of uh, skill with building deeper trusted relationships. You know, I think the world's ready for this. You know, Brene Brown's so popular for a reason. You know that vulnerability is strength, and that's something the business community can learn so much from because so for so long this idea of I need to be professional at work has translated to, I can never be vulnerable at work. Right. And, and you can still be professional. It's not like, you know, we, we respect people's personal boundaries and, you know, them, all of us having personal lives, but there's more room to blend the personal with the professional than most people think. For sure. I think the other side of, you know, if we talk about this out in the world, mostly is vulnerability, which you know, when you look at the word vulnerable, I mean, it, it conveys weakness, right? But but you're talking about it in, in, in terms of strength. I love the word that I learned through this group, Camp Grounded, where they, they have this concept of being vulnerageous. It's the combination of being vulnerable and courageous, because I think it takes courage to be vulnerable, like to intentionally be vulnerable in a conversation with somebody else and reveal something about yourself that maybe you feel a little bit uncomfortable about. And that combination of feeling that fear, choosing to be courageous, uh, vulnerageous, right? And you're sharing this thing. More often than not, that's recognized by the other person and appreciated. It gives them permission to do the same, to maybe reveal more about themselves, right? And, and the end result is, right, this stronger bond and, you know, a sense of kind of courage and accomplishment. One of my previous teachers used to say that the most vulnerable person in the room is the greatest teacher. Mm. Which is also a good point, you know, if you're doing these questions, if you want to seed the tables with somebody, Choose somebody to go first who's going to share a little bit more because usually that the first person who goes sets the tone, or at least the last person who went will set the tone for the next folks. Uh, so if you do want people to go yeah. deep, and we talk about to go first. vulnerability hangovers, which is another great term from Brene Brown. That you know when we when we do get vulnerable, sometimes afterwards we can go, oh God, I can't believe I shared that with my colleagues. And you know, there's nothing to be afraid of of a vulnerability hangover. And of course, you want to be creating culture of psychological safety that engenders vulnerability. That's another bigger conversation, but these retreats go a long way towards creating psychological safety. I think the short of it, when you when you think about what we're doing here, is we're combining, you know, traditional practices of periodic gathering and planning and business focus and business-oriented results. Like here's what we're focused on, here's our mission and vision, you know, here are the objectives. Let's get together and collaborate with uh, something that is less commonly practiced, which is this art of deep, deep human connection, bonding, trust, trust building, and not, you know, kind of the trust building you hear about these, you know, you go on these things and people get blindfolded and do a trust fall kind of things. 
We're talking about real deep, authentic connections that we're fostering because those fuse people to the mission. They fuse people to each other. They create this opportunity for people to have real deep, trusted relationships with each other at work, through work, in collaboration. And, and it leads to incredible loyalty, incredible, like incredibly low turnover of people that you wouldn't want to leave the company, right? Because we really feel like we're connected to both the purpose and to each other. One other element that we weave into every single retreat that we hold is creating space for people to connect to their own personal dreams and ambitions. Mm-hmm. And so this is something we've done every year with the company retreats, and uh, we did it this year, and it with, uh, again, just really cool results, where we have a two-hour session, and we kind of lead people in a personal visioning exercise. And it's, you know, some of the systems we've called, we've borrowed it from, or it's like, you know, called a, what, a painted picture. It was called a painted picture by Cameron Harold. He wrote a book called Double Double that I think chapter one talks about this concept of a painted picture, which he now talks about uh, vivid vision. Uh, Cameron runs the COO Alliance and he's been a, a big support of 15.5 over the years and um, he's written a number of books. But he's got this great concept about visioning out three years in the future where you're actually writing it in vivid, vivid detail as if it already exists. So you're not saying like, in three years, I'm going to have X, Y, and Z and be this and this is all this. You're actually, you know, kind of painting a picture. It's three years from today. It's, you know, 2021 and I'm sitting in my living room and it looks like this. And these are the, this is what has occurred in my life. It's a really powerful process to really put yourself in the future, to get clear on what you want to create. And continually, our people are seem to be extremely grateful to have been given the opportunity to focus on, you know, not just being in service to the company, but that the company is in service to them and supportive of them, giving them the space to actually dream big vision and, and create the life that they want. Yeah. And, and part of how we're thinking about this is that we want our company to be a vehicle in which people realize their dreams. This company is certainly our dream. And I think it definitely overlaps with people's dreams around what they want to be contributing in the world. Sure. But let's be real. Every person has dreams that exist outside of this company. Yep. And so if we can be a catalyst for somebody actually realizing that, living a self-realized and, and self-actualized life, that is, you know, what better purpose could we be fulfilling? You know, yes, great, we get to make money as a company, but... It really is this uh, a much deeper satisfaction knowing that we're helping people claim their own sovereignty, think about what they really truly want in life, and then go after it and pursue it with passion. Exactly, because we know, you know, more often than not, people don't intentionally take on these practices or take time to reflect. And so, you know, I think it's a real gift for folks. And you know, again, I believe that if the people in the organization are thriving not just in their work lives, but in their whole lives, that's going to fuel everything they do when they walk in the door to work or get on their computer, wherever they are. And, and if we can support people in inspiring them to maybe take on certain practices. Uh, so some, some of the other things we forgot to mention was, you know, in line with best self and best self management and our support, you know, our, our belief that we, we create the space for our people to be their greatest selves, right? We're going to be wildly successful because we're going to have this superpower uh, supercharged power from the employees. So we introduced them to different practices. We had someone lead a running workshop one morning. Uh, you you led a practice that's been powerful for you around uh, morning pages. I led a couple of meditations in the morning, just introducing people to different things that they might want to adopt in their lives that we've found have been supportive in in our learning and growth. And so what's cool is that this is our unique expression. This is how we're expressing the values of our company 
in a retreat. And what you get to do is express the values of your company in your retreat. Yeah. And so, but but the bottom line is make it a transformational business retreat, not a corporate offsite. Right. And make it a retreat where people are left, like they they leave, you know, in, in line with that kind of transformational concept, right? Having really been moved and impacted and inspired. And if you can do that, right, you're going to have all this energy going into the year or whatever time you do it, the next period of time, um, with people feeling connected and aligned and connected to the company and to each other. And, and that will fuel real business results, and we've seen it time and time again. Okay, that's all the time we've got. Lots more to talk about retreats, but feel free to shoot us an email if you want to find out more and tune in for the next podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. A big thank you to our producer, Counterweight Creative, our executive producer, David Misney, and Stacey Hurst, our guest coordinator. Please visit 155.com slash podcast. That's the number 15 and the word five for more information on today's discussion, for additional resources and special offers. You can also start a dialogue or share us on social media. Use the Twitter handle at 15.5 and the hashtag best self management. And if you love what you're hearing, please help us grow by giving us a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you go to download this podcast. To get all the latest episodes, please subscribe to Best Self Management on iTunes or Google Play. We'd also love to hear from you at podcast at 15.5.com. And finally, thank you for listening to this podcast. Until next time, know that we support you in being and becoming your best self.